0: Monitor, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying
1: man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've taught me, guys. Hi, I'm off the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 96. A couple days after Christmas, it was supposed to be the crises awards. Where we list out, we did it last year. It was our first one where we list out our favorite, least favorite, most horrifying, most glee inducing, most bonerific. Is that a word? Bonerific. It is now. Bonerific's a word now. Uh, yeah, that's what it was supposed to be.
2: Spectacularly uh, fortifying. I don't know. Is, it, is that a word?
1: <laughs> Testacularly fortifying. (laughs) Testacularly, I don't know. Let's go with testacularly. I'm on
2: Sudafed. Anything I say right now
1: is suspect. Yes, Amanda is uh, is ill. But write down testacularly (laughs) fortifying because we might be able to sneak that shit past iTunes. (laughs) But yes, it was supposed to be. uh, It is not. uh, It will probably be next week. Uh, Look, it's a couple days after Christmas. Number one, I was traveling for most of the week. Went down to deepest, darkest Gulf Coast, Florida to where the snowbirds roam, and I, at 44, was the youngest person within 500 miles. Seen any gators? Uh, I, this is the first time I didn't see any alligators since I've been down there. Aw. Well, because the thing was, my parents live in one of those gated communities that a golf course cuts right through. Mm. So they've got the water hazard ponds around, which is where I normally see the alligators, but apparently they, they're doing some of that golf course shit where, you know, it's not enough that it's a lake. It has to be a beautiful lake in the shape of a kidney and not like, you know, a human kidney, like a, a perfect kidney. So yeah, they they were doing shit in order to get the, the banks more regular and more beautiful because apparently that softens the blow when you knock your golf ball into it and curse and fucking bury it into the green or whatever it is golfers do. But uh, because of that, My parents said they at least sincerely hoped they chased the alligators out because we were driving by at one point and there were people, not just in hip waders walking through the thing, but up to their necks in the middle of this water hazard. Where every year I've seen alligators. Maybe they just didn't want to live anymore. (laughs) It's possible if that was my.
2: I've come to Florida to die.
1: (laughs) If that was if that was my job, I'd take the coward's way out. (laughs) Although, coward's way out. There's there's alligators in there. Walk in. That's not cowardice. Midge,
2: I'm walking into my death.
1: <laughs> I can't take it anymore, Midge. I haven't felt my left testacular in, in several weeks. But
2: Tom, how will I manage alone? Let's go
1: together. <laughs> I'm worth more dead than alive and have been for years, Midge. <laughs> who will Who
2: will I sit by the the kidney shaped pond and enjoy the sunset with?
1: <laughs> watch the Watch the alligators eat the yip dogs with. <laughs> the, the, my parents keep swearing. No, the alligators are more afraid of you. you. know, the the only time they come up, apparently, the only people who get eaten by alligators, other than I don't know snitches <laughs> in Florida, are uh people with yip dogs because the alligators see the yip dog and think snack.
2: Well, I do too.
1: <laughs> What do you
2: think you had for dinner? I called it Stroganoff.
1: (laughs) Well, it could have been... You could Stroganoff a a wiener dog, I suppose. That
2: was his name in life. It was on his American Kennel Association. Stroganoff.
1: Stroganoff. It's my uh, terrier,
2: Stroganoff. (laughs) Mirror Stroganoff.
1: (laughs) Lie down, Stroganoff. Remain still, Stroganoff. This will be over in a second. Stroganoff. (laughs) <laughs> pure bread no it's a uh, pure usda <laughs> prime <laughs> didn't, didn't tell me that was actually meat that was steak right it was okay thanks nice. far as you know oh i should have stayed in florida <laughs> could have had the early bird special <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean i was i was down there with my folks and it's almost impossible to get you know any research done or anything while you're there cuz it's constantly uh, what are you doing and i'm not telling my parents that <laughs> that we have a comics podcast i'm just not doing it
2: Oh, well, my mother was here for the last three days. She didn't come down to the basement
1: once. Yeah. It's, I know she's seen the studio set up. It's, yeah, you just tell her. I don't care what you tell her. Tell her we've got hostages and this is how we
2: make I, our... I didn't talk about it at all.
1: Yeah, that's that's the wise choice. Brought her
2: down here to see the paint job and I pointedly did not explain what anything was.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, look, none of our parents are dopes. There's microphones everywhere.
2: She can work Google. If she really wants to, she'll work Google.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, I don't need my parents <laughs> giving me a call on Monday morning. I listened to this week's show. You said fuck 922 times. <laughs> Do you really think that's the best way to read? Aren't comics for children? Fuck, mom. Now, son. <laughs> 923. Yeah, so, So yeah, I, I could hardly get any research done. You had your mom here. hmm um, and now you're sick as an animal.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure who did it, but if I find you, I'm going to kill you. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it's yeah, I'm not sure how long a show it's going to be, but but yeah, to put together. Oh, and let's have you know guests in the the way we did last. No, year.
2: I feel I feel nothing. This is day one of the Sudafed high. This is the best day of the cold because it's when the Sudafed like kicks in for the first time, and <laughs> and 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 you haven't had it in your system for for several months, like since the last winter. And you spend the entirety of the rest of your cold chasing that dragon.
1: <laughs> well, it's also you got the good Pseudafed, because I, <laughs> I I went down and I don't know how it is in, in other countries, in other states, but in Massachusetts, if you want the real Sudafed with the pseudo mm. you gotta you've gotta go you've to gotta the, work. Yeah, you gotta go to the over the counter place where they have all the stuff, but for the good stuff, they have cards and you gotta bring the card to the pharmacy and they barcode scan your driver's license, and you have to sign a 50-page, you know, iTunes-style <laughs> terms of service that you're you're only going to use it to treat congestion. And not make meth. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the good stuff. Because, yeah, it's, you do not handle colds well.
2: No, and I'd like to thank my father for these genes.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's... Yeah, I, I don't screw around. Fine, my name's on a list now. <laughs> I do not care, and particularly since there's a particular nasal spray that you like mm. that I I haven't been able to find it.
2: Yeah, I, I meant to check that on the internet earlier today, but Sudafed.
1: Wee. Yeah, so I think you can still get it off the off the Amazon, but uh, yeah. So it's up so at this pharmacy. Yeah, go. No, no, I need the economy pack of the stuff you make meth from. And <laughs> by the way, this uh this nasal spray that also has ephedrine in the name. Can you give me that? you have that? <laughs> somebody's been able to figure out how to turn this nasal spray into a fucking drug. I know Possibly. it. They've ruined it for the rest of us. So because of that, you have to have a snotted up head and I have to keep my finger on the cough button on the board just in case.
2: <laughs> yeah, so if you hear horrible deathly sounds, it's just me <laughs> dying slowly. Phlegm.
1: <laughs> now, I have not uh, seeing everything that because you know, we did christmas apart uh, did you get any decent geek stuff for christmas from your mom because I, I got this bitchin avengers watch and uh
2: i i got a a pie server because because <laughs> mom noticed i needed one at thanksgiving was it an iron man pie server no it's stainless steel so it's a
1: war machine pie Came, server
2: as part of a set of eight there's a ladle in there too i think
1: the war machine ladle yes
2: um <laughs> Some sort of fork-type device. I haven't really gone through all of them yet. They're, they're shiny. Okay. They're shiny. Um, and I got a kitchen timer uh, with a, a, a probe that will violate your meat so that you can take its temperature as it cooks. I
1: say this on behalf of myself <laughs> and all our male listeners. Please do not violate my meat with your probe <laughs> thermometer.
2: It works very well. Uh, it, it took the, uh, the roast beast to a perfect medium rare. <laughs> pink from end to end after violation.
1: Please do not <laughs> violate my pink meat. Get away from her, you bitch!
2: <laughs> it was no, it was very thoughtful. Cause again, mom, mom saw me struggling through Thanksgiving because I'm, our kitchen is far more awesome than the one that we had at the previous crisis on Infinite Midlife's home office. But now, um, I, I am saddled with an electric range that appears to have been built sometime in 1970, despite the lovely granite accoutrements of the rest of the kitchen.
1: Well, it's not avocado.
2: No, it's not avocado. Actually, um, three kitchens ago, I had an avocado range. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that was truly fucking. It, it was, it was,
2: um, no. So, so this one, it, it has, uh, two modes. Um, Burning down the house because it doesn't vent to the outside.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the one time we've made hamburgers since we've been here. Oh,
2: I, th- I thought I was on a soft sprinklers. I really did. Uh, or or like low. <laughs> it's 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 either high and smoking you out of the house or low.
1: <laughs> yeah, or armpit moist low, oh. low and slow.
2: Yeah, so we we did that for the roast. Like low, I just set the the oven for two hundred and violated the meat with the probe and. Walked away for a while until things went beep, which was approximately four hours.
1: Again, with violating the meat. Jesus Christ. Hey, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are going to have something geek-related coming. It's not in stock, so I got to check availability this week because you and I have not exchanged gifts yet. That's right. We we both have things where it's like, I know what you're getting, but I can't get my hands on it yet.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, you will also be getting something awesome. A couple of things awesome. I just need to acquire them.
1: But yeah, my, my folks have really come to terms with the idea that their forty four year old son is is no older than twelve. <laughs> they they brought me to see Star Wars, uh, for the, the third time mm. because they had uh, my son's here, gotta <laughs> bring him to see Star Wars. Kylo Ren's still a piece of shit. Uh but yeah, they got me, yeah, this Avengers watch, which I think they got me as a goof. But they were psyched when I actually put it on and I've been wearing it's, it. It's
2: it's cool. It's it's like, it should have a, a, a widget where, like, if you turn the dial, it actually gets Nick Fury. Like Jimmy Olsen's watch that used to call Superman.
1: Uh, no, but uh, what could happen is if I get drunk and flail, not used to having a big piece of iron on my wrist, I could put my eye out and look like Nick Fury.
2: Let's not have that happen.
1: I would prefer I, to avoid it. I need you to that.
2: have binocular vision.
1: <laughs> me too. Jesus Christ. I
2: hate driving.
1: <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll get you from point A to point B no matter what. But what else? That? They got me a... Oh yeah, because the new home office has the big cathedral ceiling. No, oh, yeah, they got me the world's tiniest drone. Yeah, I saw that. Which that was... uh, most of the shit I don't have here yet because I ship everything home. I'm not gonna haul all this crap through the airport. I just go to the UPS store. It's like ship it. It'll be here. In I week. think
2: a drone is the last thing you want to bring through the airport. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. Good point. But so yeah, I'll be tormenting Parker the the mascot with that in the next week or two. Oh, good,
2: because he needs so many more excuses to be crazy.
1: He'll swat it out of the sky, and I'll use that he as, will. An, as an excuse to get a bigger one to fly oh, around the house. Oh, God. Uh, what else did I get? I got the world's smallest yo-yo, because believe it or not, I, I am quite the yo-yo master. I've seen. I, I, I really, in high school, uh, rather than date, mm. I, <laughs> I learned how to do a yo-yo. So I, I, I'm not the best in the world, but I, I can walk the dog.
2: I can't. Well, I mean, unless it's an actual dog. <laughs> okay. And you probably shouldn't walk the dog walking the dog because I think then they call animal control.
1: Yeah, because if you fuck up which hand you're which which hand has the yo-yo and the leash and you do a loop the loop. Here's Stroganoff. Yeah. Here <laughs> Stroganoff. So, so I
2: you- had a yo ball. I, I did not have I mean I had yo yo. Oh, you son- were one of those. I did. One he of gl- those
1: wusses. He glowed in the dark. <laughs> one of those I give up. One of those, oh, look, I, I could do a yo-yo, just don't don't look too closely. Why? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Why
2: Why are you mocking me? Can we celebrate the fact that I just remembered I had a toy at some point as a child?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's true. Your stories are just awful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they
1: are. What, what was your... <laughs> I shudder to ask this. What, what was your best Christmas present as a kid? My best? What, oh. <laughs> what, was your, what was your Ralphie BB gun... That you actually, would never, did you ever have like a Ralphie BB gun from A Christmas Story that you actually got? No. Okay, so we're, we're still establishing childhood as failure for Amanda.
2: I learned not to ask for things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what was the best thing that you did get? Like up until age 13, because after that it's, you know, if you're lucky.
2: Corduroys see. and a rugby shirt because those were in that year and I finally didn't look like I was dressing from the Salvation Army.
1: And how old were you? Uh,
2: I was 7th grade.
1: Okay. So so that's pushing the
2: But no, the one year. All right. Yeah, it was given and taken from me in the same day. The one thing that I got that I was completely surprised about was uh, and 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 overjoyed to receive was and I think I've talked about this on the show before. A, um in-house planetarium. It looks like a globe and all of the constellations are on it and you turn it on and it projects uh, the stars onto the walls and ceiling of whatever darkened room you happen to be in and it was great, and it worked for about five minutes and then <laughs> and then it died, and I never saw it again. nobody brought it back to get it fixed or like you know replaced or it just went away it was just
1: whisked away, yeah, it was
2: like, it was like the greatest moment it was the, the greatest five minutes of my childhood life, and then it was just ripped from me just pulled into the cornfield, yeah
1: <laughs> and then you were given yet another stick <laughs> or a a blown up <laughs> wine wine box bladder, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I I had a late bird as a kid. That was all right.
1: <laughs> uh, Christmas at the Amanda household. You just want to like, suck
2: the joy out of everything. I think I got Lincoln Logs once,
1: <laughs> or was it just sticks? It might have been. It might have been just a bucket of sticks. <laughs>
2: My dad made a swing set for us out of a tree trunk once.
1: How do you make a swing set out of a tree trunk?
2: Um, with some other two by fours and a chainsaw. I do you remember that there was a chainsaw involved?
1: Are you sure he wasn't making a gallows?
2: It's possible. It's possible. I kicked my sister in the chest on that swing once.
1: <laughs> Explains a great deal about your relationship with your sister. How old were you, 25?
2: Maybe. I, <laughs> I I feel like it was an accident, but my mother swears that it seemed like it was with malice of forethought. I don't know. She lives in Ohio now. Not my mother, my sister.
1: <laughs> That's <suit
2: offensive>. a <laughs> hell of a drug. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my honest to god, uh Ralphie BB gun was uh the Millennium Falcon playset from Empire Strikes Back in 1980. That was a solid 3 months of dropping hints and pleading and I actually got that one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh oh, that was yeah, if there's a Christmas that will just go down in history in my head, it was uh, yep that and yep sure enough it had the smuggling compartment and the the gunnery chair and oh, I love that thing.
2: I think when I was two or three, there's a picture of me um, with clomper stompers, but I'm pretty sure that somebody in the house made them out of tuna fish cans.
1: (laughs) Tuna fish cans? Yeah. They couldn't even give you the height of a coffee can? No. Because I had the homemade ones with a coffee can. You use the church key opener to plunk the the holes in the side and just put the...
2: The string through? Yeah. Yeah, no, tuna cans.
1: Your childhood (laughs) is death. <laughs> and it makes me sad to talk about it.
2: I had a xylophone, I think. Maybe that was Katie's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't I don't mean to probe. Oh
2: no, wait, no. I had one thing I, I didn't ask for, it, but it was pretty cool. I got a I got a microscope as a kid with um it came with a set of slides so that you could, you know, play science. That was that was alright.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're projecting memories. Somebody asked you to play doctor. <laughs>
2: Uh, Apparently that happened, too. I don't remember that, but my mother swears she caught me with this kid, Randy, from next door, naked under a table. I don't remember anything. I do know that Randy went on eventually to throw a rock at my head, and I got four stitches. I don't think it all happened the same day. (laughs) I think that explains a lot about me.
1: (laughs) Jesus, Mary and Joseph. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone.
2: God bless us, everyone. Oh, God.
0: My name is Hiro Nakamura, I'm from the future, and I have a message for you. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit
1: amphetamines. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So, that's why we don't have an award show.
2: Yeah, because I got hit in the head with a rock when I was six. (laughs) Five, maybe five.
1: Fucking Randy, he's gonna pay. (laughs) He's gonna pay.
2: They, they had the equivalent of the Bumpus's dogs, though. So yeah. That household, they, they, I don't know if they were breeding them or, or what the situation was, but they had in what was supposed to be their garage, um, a kennel with at least three German shepherds at any time. And they just would never stop barking. You weren't supposed to go near them. I don't know what the purpose of them was other than to generally be neighborhood nuisances. And I had dogs, um, and our dogs, well, it wasn't my just my dog. My dog, my other neighbor's um, German Shepherd-type mutt, and this other dog in the neighborhood would like be their own little pack of three. But they didn't socialize with the German Shepherds. It was like cliques or something. Racists. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we had the equivalent of the Bumpus' dogs next door.
1: All right, so you lived the Christmas story. Kind of. Except no gifts.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: bullies no gifts doing a stoppers.
2: I got a book about the planets once that was pretty cool and
1: sadness just sadness that was a
2: good Christmas because it came the book came with um, a constellation chart I wanted to be an astronaut until I realized I sucked at math and so I would go outside and I had this uh, flashlight that my dad took a piece of red gel and put over the top so you could use it at night and not blind yourself trying to see things and still be able to see the stars. So I would go outside with the, the constellation chart and, and entertain myself that way. It's about the only way they would get me out of the house, really. It was at night in the dark, because it was before Stranger Danger.
1: I'm just picturing a conversation <laughs> between your parents. It's like, why did you get her that fucking thing with the constellation? It's the only way she gets out of the house. You pull the fucking bulb out of that thing, and she's never going to leave. <laughs> get her out!
2: It's very possible. Very possible.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone.
2: <laughs> and then we had quiche. the christmas quiche
1: oh dear god okay so (laughs) so yeah with the lack of award show why don't we talk about actual geek stuff okay since it was christmas uh yet another doctor who christmas special i know we've done a that's the weird thing about doctor who these days it's for a while since we would get the the Doctor Who at, at weird times compared to when they aired on the BBC would get them months and months later. The Christmas specials were a big deal because you hadn't seen Doctor Who in months. And these days it's, you know, yeah, when was the last episode of the regular season? Three weeks ago? Something like that. Yeah, so it doesn't feel like it was a big deal. But yeah, it's the last Doctor Who we're going to get until like August, September.
2: Yeah, and then there there are various rumors, and I don't know how substantiated they are, that... Uh, Moffat is going to go the route for the next season of Doctor Who that he's been doing with some of the Sherlock's, where it's only like three episodes, and that's the whole season.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: kind of hope that's not the case, but
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, who doesn't want to flush fucking money down the toilet? Who doesn't want to shut down the fucking money machine? Because the BBC, God knows, they're rolling in coin. You know, now that their biggest show, you know, Top Gear, is coming back with all new people that nobody gives a fuck about. Yeah. Yeah, why don't we just crank down? The Stig is gonna be like the biggest
2: celebrity of that show at this point going forward. Yeah. And the Stig is always somebody new. You just it's just the helmet. The helmet and a dream.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the helmet, a dream he'll just stand there with his arm crossed, arms crossed in front of the camera. <laughs> and then they will cut to just with no voiceover, just car videos with you know heavily licensed rock music and Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll I'll watch the the yeah. other guys on their Netflix show, or like
2: Graham Elliot or something. No, not uh, what's that guy? Graham Norton. Hello, <laughs> Sudafed. Okay. Actually, I would watch Top Gear with Graham Elliot. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Who the fuck is Graham Elliot? He's he's a chef, and so maybe he like do something like try to like cook eggs on like the engine block or something. I'd watch that. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we We should have gone off for a week until, <laughs> until you didn't need this cold medicine. It's doing terrible things for you to you, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, by all means, shut down the doctor Who money machine yeah yeah I, no, I don't do that I, I think don't do that. I don't think the b b c would would even remotely go for that,
2: no, but i uh, I don't know, I don't work there,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true I, I don't understand some of the choices that they make, but you know. I guess if you think that Stephen Moffat is the reason the Doctor Who is what it is, and you want to completely ignore Russell Davies in the first four or five years that actually brought it back to public consumption.
2: consumption. Yeah.
1: So, all right. So this year's Christmas special. I don't know what it is. It seems like every year they, they feel like they have to do. And maybe it's just for the past few years, where they have to do this, oh, it's this big special thing with the first appearance of this character or the last appearance of this character. Yeah. And this one they really tried to come across as the last appearance of River Song. And it was just this weird, it was weird. It was fucking, all right, can I say the first thing <laughs> before we even talk about the episode itself? Yes. The sound mix. Oh my God. Was still
2: shit. Yeah, we had to turn the closed captioning on so that we could actually see what people were saying.
1: Yeah, it's the surround effects and the the score overpowered the dialogue. Um and this is relatively new because after we watched it today, uh we watched an episode from season six, The Doctor's Wife. Mm. Um and that aired in August. It was just on the TiVo. But uh yeah, it just it didn't have this problem.
2: No. And it also had Neil Gaiman as the writer, which also a good thing.
1: Which also helps, but yeah. it, it also had Matt Smith, which doesn't work for you. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the sound problems which have been going on all season long and right up until this episode pissed me off to the point, I actually looked it up. Now according to the IMDB, the sound mixer for this entire season is a guy named Dean Humphreys. Now he's worked on Doctor Who since the beginning of season 7. He started with Asylum of the Daleks, but he was always just a sound recorder. I don't know what the difference between a sound recorder and a sound mixer is, but this was the first season he was listed as sound mixer, which means okay, if he's been the guy, he's the fucking reason that that the sound has been so awful. It's you know, like I said, it's the first season he's listed as sound mixer as opposed to recorder or boom mic monkey or whatever (laughs) the other. Fucking titles are are available. Sounds so. like
2: we shouldn't let him DJ the next party that we
1: have. Probably not a good idea because <laughs> it would be nothing but uh, I don't know, best man speeches or something. <laughs> just horrible. Yeah, it's the the mix is is bad. Yeah, step away from the soundboard, Dean. Mm. It's it. Look. You
2: <laughs> Go back to making thunder with pieces of sheet metal. Uh, yeah, and
1: just uh, punch a steak and for a fight effect. Yeah. It's, <laughs> You're a danger to yourself and others, man. Your mix is way too heavy on the score. I can't watch it. Yeah. If I, I, I speak English as my first language, and I have to, if I have to, yeah, literally put on the closed captioning. Because there were a lot of great lines.
2: I, I didn't really go into the internet and see what people thought about this. Honestly, I did see like one headline for, I forget what site where they're like, ooh, you know, Rivers' controversial turn and. Doctor Who Christmas special. I'm like, how is it controversial? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, what, what? Did you read that? No, did I didn't, because
2: I, I hadn't watched the episode yet, so I didn't want to be spoiled on anything. Okay. Because I, I just wanted to watch the episode. And and River was one of those characters who, when she was introduced, seemed really, really cool. And then, like all things, eventually Moffat be, became just so overused that she was no longer special. And And by about the time... We were reaching the end of her run. She seemed to have lost all of the things that made her interesting. She was no longer just sort of the um quirky sociopath who who you know you had to keep an eye on right I mean, yeah, she did kill the doctor fine, but the the thing <laughs>
1: it's is kind of a problem but
2: <laughs> but no, then they started to explain it away, like, oh, she was raised by people who turned her into an uber assassin. Well, that's not interesting. I just wanted to have like like a chaotic, neutral personality. Is that wrong? I mean, you can just roll a character who's <laughs> yeah who's not right. You don't have to give them a reason for why they're doing these things to other people. Sometimes people just go bad. Sometimes <laughs> people just make choices that you don't agree with.
1: Sometimes you give people a, a, a planetarium that doesn't work, and they're just filled with hate.
2: I'm not filled with hate. I'm filled with Sudafits so right now. I'm f- <laughs> I'm, fill, I'm filled with a floaty feeling and no sense of emotion.
1: All right, well, <laughs> that sounds That sounds good, sure. It does,
2: it does. I'm going to follow this with some whiskey. It's going to be awesome.
1: Excellent. All right, so what was your overall impression of of the Christmas special this year?
2: I enjoyed it. And I, I think I enjoyed it because it brought Mo, – Moffat brought her back to form. She did things the doctor didn't agree with, um, and we also got the sense – that however he may have brought her to heal, as it were, when, when they were working together in those spaces in between, which were many. <laughs> right. She was still doing whatever it was, whatever the hell it was, she felt like, with absolutely no remor- remorse or, or sense of a guilty conscience, in fact, admitting, "I have no conscience."
1: Right.: Yeah, it's, it was interesting to see <laughs> it was interesting to see how she reacted, not knowing that the doctor was there. And yeah, basically just sort of chucking it around to whoever could help her out yeah. on a day to day basis. Yeah, I'm married to you and you, and sure, I love you, and fine, let's hop in the sack. And, and
2: let's talk about the second wife that I apparently
1: had. They were there. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I said, chucking, anybody, everybody. <laughs> chucking it to anybody who can help. Yep. Um.
2: Yeah, and it, apparently, like, also into dudes with giant metal bodies, like, at least twice. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, making me feel bad to be Irish again. Thanks, Moffitt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um I, so I I enjoyed it. I I thought that if it was a send-off for River it was good closure for her. Uh I liked the dynamic between Capaldi and um Alex Kingston who plays River.
1: Uh They had some pretty solid chemistry once they the story reached the point. Uh, by the way, spoilers. Spoil everything. Hey, uh, we're spoiling this. We should have said right from the beginning. I'll put it in the show notes that we spoil right up front, but yeah, once they acknowledged that each character was the doctor and River and they understood that, I thought they had pretty solid chemistry. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, even before that, though, um, I loved watching
2: River try to be in charge. <laughs> Just the the whole general, like, I, I, as far as I know, and I have no reason to believe otherwise, I am the smartest person in the room, you see a lot of um, the doctor in her for, for whatever reason. <laughs>
1: Should I break out the porno music? No, I get what you're saying. <laughs>
2: And and she's always thinking and she always has a plan. And I I just enjoy her when she's allowed to be herself. <laughs> and I felt like by the end of her run prior to this episode, she wasn't allowed to be herself
1: a lot. Okay.
2: At least as she was originally written in the initial episodes when, when she came on with Tennant.
1: Well, to play devil's advocate, and, and again, I, I did a certain amount of backwards research uh, while I was you know, getting ready for the show. But her first appearance is supposed to be her last one. Yes, because she dies. Yeah, the first time we see her in is the library. supposed to be, yeah, the appearance right after this one. So there could have been a certain amount of on purpose. You see a character who is very similar to the character that we saw in this one, mm-hmm. but in the intermediate, she's really younger. It's at different places in her life. She moves her way toward becoming that character we first saw. So it could be Moffat actually writing well over the course of years. I think it's unlikely because this is, <laughs> well, no, this is the same guy who's like, uh, I wrote Blink. Shit, I need another hit. Let's bring back the Weeping Angel. More Weeping Angels? Can I have more Weeping Angels? No, Daleks. Have I done Daleks this week? And- I, I
2: feel like when you say more Weeping Angels, it should be written in internet speak, like all caps, M O A R angels <laughs> with, like, exclamation point, exclamation point, one, 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 exclamation point, exclamation point, more, one.
1: More weeping angles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, then, and then there's, like, a picture of a weeping angel in facepalm. <laughs>
1: weeping but, angel, facepalm. Yeah. <laughs> also put more weeping angle because <laughs> you write down titles. But uh, uh, trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. it's uh, Look, uh, there are a lot of people... And at certain points, myself included, who think Moffat is just, you know, oh, he's dumbed down the doctor. He's turned it into action. He brought out, you know, young, you know, good-looking male characters to just bring in American girl viewers. And, yeah, there's a certain amount of that where it's, okay, maybe some of this is kind of dumb and actioned up. But, you know, he brought the character from, you know, uh, only BBC, occasionally PBS Channel 2 at 1130 for a very particular... You know, dedicated genre geek back in the 70s and 80s. Me. Yep, you were one of them (laughs) Uh, to worldwide prominence. The guy's gotta have some skills. And at the same time, you can't say, oh, he's fucked up Doctor Who, but he's really somehow also pretty good on Sherlock. It's the guy's gotta have some skills. So I, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt here. It's maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe he brought this back to the original characterization because this is as close as we're ever gonna get to that original story. It's possible. Um,
2: I and mean, that would, it would make sense. It was, <laughs> because if this is supposed to be, I, I would like to go back and actually watch the library episodes because she does have the sonic screwdriver at that point, not the sonic trowel. Uh, I would like to see if it's the same sonic screwdriver. I, su- I suspect it is because I, as I remember, Tennant doesn't recognize the screwdriver, which I, would make sense if it's one that Capaldi's doctor gave her rather than another doctor somewhere between one and 11.
1: I did, I did a little research going back to, uh, what was it? That was a, that episode was forest of the dead mm-hmm. season four and I didn't rewatch it, but I did some research. I don't know if it was exactly the same sonic screwdriver, but just in some of the details, uh, Moffat really did tie some stuff together. It's one of the speeches that, she, that river gives in that episode was, uh, no, I'll, I'll just quote it because I sure. wrote the whole thing down. The last time I saw you, the real you, the future you, I mean, you turned up on my doorstep with a new haircut and a suit. It's a new haircut. He's got a whole new head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess that counts. Uh, you took me to Derillium to see the singing towers. Uh, what a night that was. The towers sang and you cried. Uh, You wouldn't tell me why, but I suppose you knew it was time, my time, time to come to the library. You even gave me your screwdriver. That should have been a clue. Okay, so. So he tied up a whole bunch of stuff from that episode, and that one was written by Moffat. Okay. So he. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> good for Moffat then in terms of doing fan service within his, within his own little universe. In terms of, you know. Tying up the loose ends, calling
1: back to things. Yeah, again, I want to give him credit. That's not fan service. That's okay. These are the (laughs) these are the ends I left open. I'm going to tie them up. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's good. Right, it's good writing on a micro scale.
2: It's good writing, and it's what you what you should be doing as showrunner. Because sometimes I think when you showrunner, he doesn't always think about the larger picture in that level of minutia.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it. Certain things can be lost. When you're looking at the big picture, you can miss that kind of stuff. Yeah. But this one, he wrote this one, he wrote the original. So, it, yeah, it's, that's not fan service. There was fan service in this. Oh, there was. There and, was. And having seen Star Wars three times <laughs> in nine days, I'm about up to here with fan service. You know, the, the, Jesus Christ, where she opens up her, her bag and pulls the fucking Fez out. Yeah. And can I be the first one to, I hope I'm not the first one to say, can I say, fuck the Fez? I'm tired of the fucking Fez. I was tired of the goddamn Fez when Smith was wearing the fucking thing.
2: I I, I was never a fan of the Fez. Fezes if, Fezes aren't cool. Bow ties aren't cool, so stop. Just,
1: just stop. It's like keep hauling the goddamn Fez out. You know, somehow we managed to make it through entire seasons. We don't see Tom Baker's scarf. We don't see Tennant's Chuck T's. We fuck see, the goddamn Fez.
2: We see Baker's scarf or or something similar there there too whenever you see Osgood in C- series nine. Um, That scarf she's wearing is supposed to be sort of the callback or homage to, to Baker's scarf.
1: Right, but we see it in a couple episodes in one season out of the last ten.
2: I'm just saying, you, you brought up the scarf, I'm telling you where it was.
1: Well then good, I don't want that fucking fan service either. I want that <laughs> scarf. <laughs> I'll buy you the scarf. Now, I'll, Benari used to have the scarf. Benari was a guest on last week's, uh, our Star Wars show. He may still have it. I'll, I'll make him a cash offer. <laughs> I just don't want to see it on TV. Okay. The it same won't w-
2: break like the planetarium, <laughs> I think. I, you know, there are times I want to say, who hurt you? I know it's your fucking family. It didn't hurt me, I don't
1: think. I'm Sudafed. <laughs> it didn't hurt me, I feel nothing. I cut to feel. <laughs> Sudafed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great commercial for Sudafed.
2: Yeah, apologies to David (laughs) Teller. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But, uh, so yeah, I'm tired of fan service. I, again, I've been, third time seeing Force Awakens. It's just, oh, no, put away the fucking remote. Yes, it's the Millennium Falcon. We all get it.
2: Oh, is it me or? Were you kind of hoping that as she was taking things out of that bag, it was just going to be like a bag of holding? It was just going to like kind of keep going like a, a bad family guy thing? was just <laughs> like keep taking things out until it's like, all right, really? Are we done now? Oh, no, we're not done. <laughs> oh.
1: That did not occur to me, but it would not have been shocking because this was a weirdly constructed episode and that like the first three-fifths of it were really almost farce. Mm-hmm. So it started out with farce and moved into this, you know, big moving final appearance thing. So it was really almost two episodes in one with this big tonal shift right in the middle. And I'm just, I'm not a big fan of farce comedy to start with.
2: I, I am if it's done well. And the problem is with farce is it's so often not done well. And, Mordecai.
1: And I, <laughs> I'd argue it's fate. <laughs> it's, we haven't seen Mordecai. That's you true. just... <laughs> I read it on That's, the internet. It's a big easy target. Let's, it is. You now, if you want to talk about bad farce, let's talk about uh Husbands of River Song because <laughs> the only way this episode made it through that first three-fifths is for River to be so obtuse it, that was almost glaring. intentionally oblivious and dumb to understand when this guy keeps saying, I'm the doctor. Oh, I don't get it. That doesn't make it. What? Of course. You're the surgeon. It's... <laughs> it,
2: yeah, you know when when you find that you're you're in like whatever Victorian London that they had landed in for the umpteenth time and reused that alley set from like the oh, last yeah. season for like the eightieth time, uh I would ask some questions. If if my Victorian era doctor suddenly knows about compressed black holes as a power source, I would ask some questions beyond what medical school did you go to. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, the whole, you get a certain amount of mileage for, oh, I called a surgeon and this is the doctor. You'll, you'll get that. But once, once you reach the point of, River, don't you recognize me? I'm the doctor. Yeah, the, the only way that she doesn't pick that up is if somebody shot her in the head with a fucking diamond or some other. (laughs) Let's not rule that out. Anything's possible. (laughs) But as farce goes, yeah, any farce that requires a character to be an idiot just doesn't work yeah yeah it's, if the bbc is accepting this as farce i'm gonna pitch him a a special about ava braun where she misconstrues every time the handsome stranger <coughs> says don't you recognize me i'm the Führer." oh yes the furrier but i've already got a mink coat oh
2: yes the furrier but i've already i've already shooed my horses
1: <laughs> but uh and yeah, it's the show just seemed to want to have it both ways It's silly farce with a bitchy decapitated head and misunderstanding after misunderstanding, and then this final gut-wrenching appearance of River Song. You know, and the problem is, it's not really a final appearance because any character that is under the helm of Stephen Moffat, you know, he he managed to put two doctors in the same room. He'll bring somebody back.
2: Yeah, and and not to rule out. He can travel around in time and space, so he could show up in her timeline at some other point.
1: Oh, she'll wind up on the other TARDIS with uh, oh, God, Clara, Doctor, and uh, who the hell else was on there?
2: Um, Macy Williams. Yeah,
1: Macy Williams. Me, me, just me, Clara, and River. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a musical series of
2: the two wives of River Song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd watch the hell out of that.
2: Now cue the porno. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. Don't forget to penetrate your meat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, the whole farcical element switching into the you know, I thought the the stuff that was supposed to be heart wrenching was effective. It was. I thought it was. But it's at the same time, it's been year after year of, yep, it's a Christmas special and we're gonna have that kind of stuff. Hmm. So it's a part of what I liked about this one is it was not particularly Christmassy you know there have been several in the past few years where it's all about oh the i mean last year he teamed up with fucking santa claus for Christ's sake yeah and then there was a, that one a few years ago that was just straight up a christmas carol mm-hmm. um so yeah but we've dis- i think we discussed this when we talked about the christmas special last year the in britain they've got a weird relationship with christmas they, when they it comes do. to their media and their culture they
2: they do um, cause as we've also discussed, we don't really have that here. The, the last time somebody tried to make that happen, it was the Star Wars Christmas special and, and then look what happened.
1: <laughs> Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. Yeah. But yeah, they've, they've got the Christmas specials for every, don't most shows have a Christmas special or is it just Doctor Who?
2: Well, I, I think you run into shows have holiday themed episodes as they head into the, the midwinter break as they refer to it now.
1: <laughs> well, and yeah, here in the United States, but yeah. You know, do long-running shows that aren't necessarily in production at Christmas, just pop out with the, oh, we'll do one for Christmas for you?
2: I honestly don't know. Okay. I I might have known at one point, but right now, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Because, yeah, it just seems like every year, the number one song in England is some Christmas song, and every, you know, (laughs) you've heard of them in Britain, but never anywhere else in the world, singer (laughs) that has a Christmas hit.
2: I I, pseudofed. Yeah, okay. (laughs)
1: But so, yeah, I, I like that this one was not particularly Christmassy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that the every year, oh no, it's it's a big deal episode. Something really important happens, you know. And I get, I get a few years ago why you might do that. Cause again, it, the seasons were at weird times because they were on, you mm-hmm. know, they were aired long after they were on BBC, uh, on Sci Fi Channel and shit like that. So the Christmas special would not necessarily, it would be, Oh yeah this is the first time you're seeing doctor who maybe ever because if you missed it on the sci-fi channel at 11:30 at night mm-hmm. on Tuesdays you're not familiar with it but i mean now these days it's yeah the season just ended you get 2 or 3 weeks and you know here's your quick special. This so special so it's almost like part of the season anyway
2: you know since we had like the team up with santa claus last year can i put a vote in for next year action jesus that'd be alright <laughs>
1: just yeah, <call>. action, action <laughs> jesus with the kung fu grip sure <laughs>
2: Yeah, call Call the holy fuck guys, ask them to come over and do a consult on the script.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'd do it, and I'm sure it'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, last year was supposed to be the, the final uh, Clara episode until she panicked and realized one more year, paychecks might be a good thing.
2: Yeah, because I like
1: money. <laughs> well- Who doesn't? That, that's while well, I was doing research today. Her next big project is uh, something called Me Before You. It's a movie that's coming out during the box office Bonanza period known as early March. Oh jeez. And uh she's billed like sixth <gasps> after like half the cast of Game of Thrones, like the the top is Amelia Clark. Nice and uh Charles Dance, Tywin Lannister is above her. So
2: uh <laughs> I'm sure she'll find a very lucrative career in some Channel four soap or something.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. What happens to companions when they die, Amanda?
2: Um eventually fan service gives them a spin-off like the Sarah Jane mysteries or something.
1: And then they die. And then they die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that that was last year's big one. 2013 was the last Matt Smith and the debut of Capaldi and for like one line. Uh yeah, the year before that was the first Jenna Coleman as Clara. Uh, I don't know, it's just it I would like to have a Christmas special that's just not, sometimes
2: they just have ones um that that just are. Like there's was, there was a year where Kylie Minogue was the guest star and we never saw her again.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's it like was,
2: Space Titanic.
1: Well it was like that for a while. There was that one, uh it, there was one with the doctor and Donna, I think. Yeah, before was... Donna
2: was anybody, it was she was just a. a um, Donna is played by um, Catherine Tate, I believe. Sounds right. And and she is a very popular character actress in in England and and elsewhere. But so it, culturally, it's like, oh look, it's Catherine Tate. She's going to be funny, and she was. Yeah. And, and she created this really cool character for this role. So it was great when they brought her back. It's like, Oh, yay. All right. We liked you. And so every, every time they introduce someone in the Christmas special, if, if, if it's somebody new, like last year, we had kind of hoped that the, the quirky character, um, whose name escapes me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot. Shit.
2: Um, was going to be a replacement for, uh, Clara. So I'm hoping somewhere down the line, maybe they bring that character back.
1: Yeah. Because yeah, I haven't heard any rumors about who the new companion is supposed to be. Yeah. And honestly, I'd like to
2: see him maybe travel around for a bit and kind of kind of find himself before he companions up again.
1: Kind of mope and just kill a bunch of people. Well, no, actually, what they had... A- <laughs> just do that whole beavis, oh, yeah, one time I killed a whole bunch of guys. Ding, ding, ding.
2: <laughs> well, what they, they seem to have been setting up at the end of, of this previous season... Is that okay? So Clara and me are off doing their thing. He, you know, he gets his screwdriver back. He gets like, you know, the suit again. He, he's, which is why I was a little confused with the
1: sunglasses again because that bothered the shit out of me. I yeah. thought we were done with the fucking sunglasses.
2: I thought the sunglasses were over on like alternate TARDIS with Clara and company.
1: Exactly. It's it's like Moffat wrote himself into a corner and said, "Oh shit!" The minute he pulls out the sonic screwdriver. River would know who he is. So I right. can't have him do that. All right, I'll bring the glasses back. But even then, once you hear that zzzz
2: Unless somehow the Christmas special happens in continuity somehow before Clara and and Macy Williams fuck off for for greener
1: universes. But it's it's implied that it's afterwards because he has that line of I haven't laughed in a long time. So yeah. yeah, and he certainly does not have Clara around right now, so if it's not in continuity where we expect it to be, then when did it happen?
2: Yeah. I don't know. So there's a plot hole.
1: <laughs> there, there were a few of them. I'll, I'll talk about one in a minute. But,
2: but I, you know, I think you know. To be fair, last night when I watched it the first time, I was pretty drunk and I wasn't even on Sudafed yet because you really shouldn't mix your cold medications with your alcohol. <laughs> now, having said that, I watched it today on cold medication and not alcohol.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I do want to say we we tried to watch it three times. And last you tried to watch it
2: three times, yeah, all
1: right, I tried to watch it three times, and last night I fell asleep halfway through uh in my defense, I was drunk uh and and you had just traveled back from Florida, so you kind of pooped, yeah, it's I flew back, and so it was a long day, but I fell asleep. uh, we watched it this morning, mm-hmm. and then while you were cooking dinner, I tried to watch it again, and I fell asleep, yes, so i'm I'm one for three. <laughs>
2: So was it just your that, general level of exhaustion, or, or was it the story didn't I, grip you?
1: That's why I, I, I don't want to necessarily cast aspersions on it because there was exhaustion and various other stuff going on. But uh, let's just assume it was exhaustion. I just, okay. <laughs> I just I didn't fall asleep during Star Wars the third time. This hour.
2: Yeah, but you you were with your parents. It would have been rude.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was in a packed theater and let me just say uh, yeah Star Wars they had 9 days after it opened on Christmas day the 1 p m matinee <laughs> sold out packed to the fucking gills yeah so i i hear they might make another Star Wars really i think that's the rumor that's
2: fabulous i hear i hear um young Ryan johnson is going to be uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's bullshit and you fucking <laughs> anyway
2: and actually i i've heard that jj uh, abrams has, has seen the script of of uh, episode 8 and is jealous that he himself is not directing it.
1: Well, <laughs> I've I've heard that the first draft of episode 7 was spoilers for Star Wars, supposed to show Luke and where he was and his relation currently with and the dark side. And Han wasn't supposed to die. Well, there was no way they were going to get around that. Harrison Ford isn't going to come back. Yeah. The minute he said, "Okay, I'll do it," he busts a hip and crashes a plane. <laughs> If there's a role that is just wrapped up in bad luck for the poor son of a bitch.
2: Like he was trying to kill himself to get out of doing it. Like I always said, I never wanted to do it again. I know I'm going to fly this plane into the ground.
1: Yeah. When the cock crows three times, I don't have to be Han Solo anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there was, they were going to write him out of it. I mean, that's why they put him in Carbonite for Empire. They weren't sure he was going to be willing to come back for Jedi. Right. Right. Once you're Indiana Jones. You don't necessarily need to be Han Solo and trying to say George Lucas dialogue anymore. That's
2: true. That's true. So tell tell me your other thoughts here on the <sighs> Doctor Who Christmas special.
1: One thing I had a big problem with was uh, that ship, the Harmony and Redemption. Yes. Just arbitrarily being full of murderers and genocidal maniacs and just the worst people Planet in the world. Planet burners,
2: I believe, was the, the formal term.
1: Yeah, because that served really only one plot purpose and that was to make it okay to crash the ship. Because when it but came But
2: the the ship was going to crash anyway, because River had picked that moment in history to drop themselves there to to sell the the diamond because she knew that the ship was going to crash because of a meteor shower.
1: And that's fine and that's well and that's good and if you write it correctly, then you have a poignant story about People, even the worst people being doomed at a fixed point in time and the doctor being willing to try to save them because everybody does. But you can't do that when it's a farce. Yeah. Instead, what you wind up with is, okay, we've had this lighthearted episode and we're going to kill everybody on this luxury (laughs) liner. And we need to make that okay.
2: Well, I thought it was hysterical. (laughs) But
1: but that's the thing. It didn't. It didn't serve any purpose for the story except to make it okay. Nobody on that show, including Fleming, who, the the blue guy, yeah. who at least tried to sell him out. Yeah. There, there were billions at stake. He doesn't need to be the worst of the worst, you know, just the worst form of scum in the world for that to work. So, but he was not shown as actively evil, just greedy. I think, he, I think
2: when uh, they stumbled upon the ship, you referred to it as a classy cantina scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was... <laughs> Well, that was after I was in the mindset of, oh, more fucking fan service from Star Wars. And uh, yeah, it was, it was the cantina as shown by the English. <laughs> it's a high tea. Doot, 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 doot.
2: It is, it's a high tea with the, the worst scum and villainy.
1: Yeah, except the worst scum and villainy dressed to the nines and being polite to each it's other. Backstabbing and cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Write that <laughs> down. That's a good title. But it's, uh, you know, yeah, Fleming was an oppor- opportunistic douche, but he was the worst one that we actually saw, and it's not like he was wearing the skin of an oog or anything. He was just, you know, he was a dick. You know, and uh on top of that, that haven't we already seen people whose faces split open just in this season? That whole scratch thing, the, the, the bad guy character who is mm-hmm. going to buy the diamond scratch, his face opening up. We
2: saw... At the beginning of this season, a guy that was made out of snakes. So he sort of split apart and turned into snakes.
1: Right. But it's a similar kind of thing. Yeah. But it's, it, yeah, just, okay, here's a special effect thing we've kind of seen. And yeah, it's okay. Everybody on the ship is just absolutely terrible. So it's okay that, <laughs> so it doesn't make it look like River just doomed a passenger liner. You know, if only by omission of saying, hey, you're going to be hit by meteors. <laughs> That's the only reason to have it there. Well. You know, just just so she could escape with the orb from Guardians of the Galaxy. So there was a lot of shit lifted in that I scene. I think I
2: have mixed feelings about that, though. It, it, the Doctor is known for doing some fairly horrible, terrible things. And and you can often point to him and say, well, why didn't you warn them? And his excuse is fixed point in time. Or, <laughs> or I wasn't supposed to meddle, even though. If if he was a Trek character, the number of times he would have violated the prime directive. <laughs> oh,
1: totally. Well, it's a, that's a, a thing I wrote here is that he tells the doctor tells that kid who he winds up giving the diamond to to give him orders to to create the restaurant for him so he can you know, get with River for twenty four years. Yeah. You no, know, he just says, you know, the kids they're looking for survivors. He's like, don't worry, there's nobody here worth saving. Yeah. Yeah, there's nobody here worth it because I'm the doctor and I save people. You know, unless they suck. Unless they suck. Yeah, because there's no such thing as redemption, and I should know, because I killed all the fucking Time Lords and the Daleks (laughs) until Stephen Moffat got fucking writer's block. But anyway, the point is, I, the genocidal murderer of two races, I feel comfortable in knowing who deserves to live and die. Now, be a good lad and build my restaurant like I told you, or sorry, I want to spend 24 years just throwing it, you know, throwing my two dicks to my wife. You know, before we're technically married, because that's me, the doctor, committer of genocide, fan of premarital sex. You know, God, Doctor Who, do it's feel? for kids. <laughs> it's a show for children. <laughs> the Doctor is the worst person in the fucking world at the end of that episode. Uh, well, I, I think that's sort Don't of... worry, fuck all these people, but make a place where I can spend 24 years chucking it to Alex Kingston. Be a good lad.
2: Well, I think they've made an argument over the last several seasons that, yeah, he, he's not some conquering savior. He makes some poor
1: choices. <laughs> this is the utter opposite of a Christmas carol. <laughs> I found my wife and decided everyone is allowed to die as long as I get to bang her.
2: Yeah. Well, I, and I, I guess it, you have the question of, um, does he really love River?
1: I took the end to seriously imply that he at least wants to fuck her. <laughs> um, be,
2: And the reason I say that is you know, clearly... And I don't think she had a heck of a lot of choice in the matter. In in a way, she she was sort of raised <laughs> creepily <laughs> to gone. to love the doctor. I and mean, she, she was conceived on the TARDIS, which is why she had um, the augmented lifespan she referred to because she had the the energy from the TARDIS. Okay. Sort I, of affecting forgotten about that. affecting her DNA. Until she eventually gave all of her generations to the doctor for all the good that it did, because then eventually the Gallifreyan Council had to give him more.
1: (laughs) Well, it was either that or they disappeared into the time rift or some shit.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, she. There was that whole thing where she was like brainwashed to then like go after the doctor. So her entire life has been programmed, doctor, doctor, doctor. (laughs) Okay. And and so she truly does believe that she loves him, but she also has become cold and sort of inured to the lack of attention that she has received as his wife because she, because they're both working professionals and and they often aren't home at the same time.
1: <laughs> they're unstuck in time.
2: <laughs> it's, it it reminded me reminded me vaguely of of a, a couple I saw recently on I think it was a. Love it or listed or something like that, where it's just like they they're never home at the same time. <laughs> so you know
1: <laughs> that that's the that's the state that we're in after the horror of buying a new home office and having it renovated. We're still watching fucking HGTV just to pretend it wasn't that terrible.
2: I'm waiting for them in like some next regeneration. The the interior of the Tardis is going to be mid mid century contemporary, and it'll it'll have industrial fixtures and a lot of plastic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> isn't that what we're doing here? Um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I knew you were building a tower <laughs> God damn it. Um, but it, it,
2: her, her words rang with that sort of sense of, no, I'm okay. Really? I, I, I'm not like completely hurting on the inside, except you, you know that she is and she stuffed it down to a place. Sure. Uh, where where it's compartmentalized and, and, and a small black hole eating away at her.
1: Well, that's the other thing for a show that started as farce and a send-off of a character who's become as beloved as River Song. We've got our genocidal doctor looking at his wife saying, you're dead soon and there's nothing I can do, or at least there's nothing I will do. As she pleads for, you can find me a way out of it, right? It's like, nope, but don't worry. I'll fuck you for 24 years. Then I'm really going to fuck you. Yeah. It, no, can I just say, I am getting a little tired of the whole Doctor Who. It's like, oh, yes, uh, suddenly a whole bunch of time can pass and it doesn't matter. We'll have a 24-year dinner. I'll punch a diamond wall for 4 billion years. It loses its shock value after a while.
2: Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um. And it also gets into the larger sort of theme of the doctor and his effect on the other non-Galafreyans around him. And he, he inspires this level of, of loyalty and selflessness in his service that there must be a charisma there that that can generate this because you have people, you know, t- all right, 24 years of, of whining, dining and, and fucking. And then she goes to the library and, and, and willingly gives her life to save him in a younger incarnation.
1: That's why I maintain, and I've said it over three episodes now, Jessica Jones is the best comment on Doctor Who that there is. For people to react that way to this, depending on the incarnation, crotchety fuck, man child. <laughs> The monster who came out of the time war with complete devotion and willingness to die or if not give up their lives, literally give them up figuratively as in the ponds going back in time to live completely away from everything they knew or Rose going into an alternate dimension where she can never see the doctor again.
2: Donna being mind wiped because otherwise she'll explode.
1: Yeah, it's they're. Almost has to be a certain amount of manipulation there.
2: Well, I feel though that to a certain degree, the, the end of this most recent season is the answer to that because Clara and, and me take off <laughs> and, and they exert agency.
1: They exert agency, but it's agency under the form of the doctor. Her agency is you taught me this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to go off and do it.
2: Yeah, they give him copious shit for running away (laughs) and then they run away. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So so yeah, Jessica Jones, if on no other level, and Jessica Jones works on a lot of levels. Jessica Jones, if you get me in the right mood after enough beer, I'll put up as the best Marvel property that Marvel Studios has put up. Save it for the crises. Yeah, that's. (laughs) but uh, as a comment on Doctor Who, Mm. I think it's more effective than anything else I've ever seen. And I don't hear anybody... uh, Maybe I'm shit faced, and I probably am. I'm on my second high-toned IPA, but you know, I don't see anybody else talking about it.
2: No, I, I, I think, I think it's a reasonable thing to to question. Part of why you become a fan of Doctor Who is you fall in love with the Doctor on whatever level. Like, wow, he's really cool, and he does all these amazing things, and he's so smart, and he always gets out of a jam, and.
1: And he takes me away from my family, and he isolates me. He he just he makes sure I'm the only one that he see that I, can't I see. have a
2: real job. I- <laughs>
1: I just, yeah. I'd have to wait. I lose touch with all my friends. And it, don't don't get me wrong. He shows me incredible things and he gives me great gifts. But
2: and sometimes he gives me a cell phone so I can call home. And
1: sometimes he calls me a useless cunt. And that's just so I go through the vent and do the thing. That's and the, the
2: one episode of like the Tom Baker one, The Ark in Space, that I showed you.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, d- d- describe the scene because I'm just... Oh, of, it's oh,
2: it's I'm, awesome. It's Tom Baker, like one of his best moments with, with Sarah Jane. It, she's... Whinging—it's a good English word. um She's just like complaining because she's got to go through this air duct so that she can get away from some creature. The the Ark in Space is some of the some of the best worst special effects for some of the creatures on Doctor Who from like the 70s, 80s ever. There's a guy who's turning into some sort of bug, and his arm is just covered in in uh, green foam that's been like. <laughs> Slicked up to make it look like it's all mucousy. It's, it's it's awesome, but anyway. So she's um she's complaining. I can't get through the air vent, and he just starts braiding her. <laughs> uh, sad cow or something like that. Just you know, I, I don't know. He didn't say that, but it was it was close. <laughs> and she's like crying and like fighting. No, I can do it. You stop making fun of me. And then finally, she gets through. And then he's all like, "See, I knew you could do it." And he, it and we've always had someone like that in our lives, and you like a PE teacher or or some other person who just you know, tries to force you to get up the ropes, and you can't, and you're made to feel bad until you do or or you don't, and you just feel bad. Late bright. and um, <laughs> and and then yeah, you, you are supposed to realize, oh no, they're they're pushing you, made you a better person. Well, no, sometimes people are just dicks.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, that's one way of looking at it. The other way is, look what you made me do. I'm just trying to make you a better person. Why do you make me treat you this way? <laughs> Doctor Who, through the right set of eyes, is a should pile spend of the rest of his fucking <laughs> immortal life in prison. There's not a companion I, I've seen on any series that I've watched. I think we shouldn't would... have a restraining order against this screeching prick.
2: I think, um, as recently as Three or four weeks ago, in in uh, TV time, you would have found allies on the grant uh, on on the the High Council <laughs> who would have agreed with your sentiments.
1: <laughs> you call this dinner? You fish me fucking fish sticks and, and ice cream or whatever custard. Yeah, but that doesn't that mean ice cream. In, no, in America? It's, it's custard. I'm but an American. goddammit. it!
2: <laughs> it's a powder. It's like it's like instant pudding. It's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you're saying that he has things in common with Bill Cosby. Just eat the pudding pop. Get in the van. <laughs> get in my blue van, goddammit. It's bigger on the inside. <laughs>
2: uh, so, I I don't know. I've never had it. I, I think it's vanilla flavored. <laughs> I think.
1: Doctor Who should be on fucking investigation discovery. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> So <laughs> all right, I'm completely derailed. No, uh, so I was
2: trying to come up with some sort of like investigation discovery like appropriate title cuz one of the things I did with my mother as we bonded through the holidays was we watched the marathon of of various women who kill uh programming that I ID network has and they're like wives with knives. <laughs> um evil lives here. I <laughs> the,
1: the, the abusive English phone booth fist fucker. That's <laughs>
2: I think that's an individual title.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a season eight uh, episode. I don't know.
2: (laughs) So in any event, (laughs) um, companions who kill, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the companions don't kill. They're far too emotionally distraught.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or if they do, then he tries to change them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm just, uh, look, Doctor Who is good, clean, fun for a genocidal monomaniac
2: yeah you have to not think about it too hard because then it, if you do you realize you know th- there is a level of and you can't necessarily even call it like um sociopathy <laughs> yeah because he's not human
1: <sighs> true but i'm telling you this go back and watch jessica jones and every time they say Kilgrave, put in the doctor oh yeah you're not wrong yeah, it's a, really he calls himself the doctor as opposed to Kilgrave. It's yeah. it, it works on every level. And that, yeah, that's why
2: Well, as opposed to when we were watching the episode um the doctor's wife which was about the TARDIS taking human form briefly. Yes. And uh talking about the various time lords that have been sucked into the rift in this area that they they find in a bubble universe on the outside of our universe. Yep. And one of the Time Lords was named the Corsair and it's like you named yourself after a car <laughs>
1: <laughs> or or one of the star jammers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so. so I don't think there are any good there are no good doctor na- do, um, Time Lord names. It, it in 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 some cases they're goofy like the Corsair. In some cases they come across as um, sort of Hitler, the master, uh, or or cute, the doctor.
1: I, uh, my, my second pitch to the BBC after my Ava Braun farce is going to be, I'm the second to last doctor. Wacky the Putts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, an entire season of, of Doctor Who where his next regeneration is a sad clown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm the fifth to last doctor. They call me the janitor. <laughs> I'm the janitor, and I clean up after the doctor. He just leaves corpses in his wake. Actually, now corpses I'm, and brainwashed chicks. I'm, now I'm
2: just picturing a season of, of of Doctor Who where the Doctor is is like dressed up in clown makeup and doing like a really bad Groucho Marx with the stethoscope
1: and a cigar. I'm the Doctor. Do, do, do,
2: do, 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 do. This is a great drug. I need to take more of it.
1: I'm the eighth to last Time Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not fair. <laughs> All right. So overall, what do we think about the episode? I mean, I-, I
2: enjoyed it. I didn't think too hard about it. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was a nice send off for uh, for River, if it is in fact a send off. It's uh, I I didn't mind the far spits that you did because there are some episodes that are that are like that. There that are goofy um, caper things, and and that is quite common in Doctor Who.
1: Which is fine. It was just uh, having that back to back in the same episode with this poignant. I, the second half of it worked better for me. Yes. Because again, I think it's, I, I want to give Moffat credit and say that it was good writing as opposed to just sort of happenstance that he got the character of River closer to the character when we first met her, which is supposed to be her final appearance.
2: Yeah, no, that makes sense when you, when you put it together like that.
1: And you know, frankly, it was reasonably affecting the whole genocidal. <laughs> I'll kill everybody on this ship, and I'll bribe a kid to build a restaurant so I can get my dick sweat. <laughs> that, that, that's, I think, we only, that's I think he only has one. Of, that's Pearl of Dick and not Dick Sweat. Okay. Who is the name of the ninth, the last doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh yeah, I thought that was, uh I thought the second, the final two-fifths was more effective than the, the farcical. Because, again, you gotta assume River's a dope for that to even work, and it's it, just, it, there was, it was a bridge too far for me. I thought it was okay, but I, I thought the conclusion was far more affecting.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. So, want to talk a couple comics? How are we doing on time here? Uh, I don't know. You've got the thing. Yeah, I've got the thing. Uh, hour 10. Wow. Oh, wow.
2: well, We had a lot to say.
1: All right. Don't want to do all three of them one at a time? Let's do
2: all three of them.
1: All right. Which one do you want to start with?
2: Let's start with Dark Knight 3, The Master Race.
1: Dark Knight 3, Master Race, book two. Uh, written by Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, pencils by Indy Kubert, uh, inks by Klaus Jansen. Yeah, uh, Carrie Kelly's in custody until she's not. And the Atom helps the people of Kandor escape, except for the ones that he doesn't. And Batman's dead until he isn't. It's This is only the second issue, but it, already it kind of feels like filler.
2: Well, it, it it felt like things that they needed to do to move the story along. It, did it need to take a whole book? I'm not sure.
1: Well, I mean, just looking at what happened in this issue, and again, spoilers, mm. uh, I can't figure out any story reason at this point for why Carrie was even in custody. You know, my, my first thought was, you know... My first thought was actually negative in this issue, considering the escape that happens, mm. but it was, oh, uh, they're just going with that recent trope. And when I say recent, the last 10 or 15 years where in these action films, the villain is captured and brought into custody only to strike a blow against protagonists from within, you know, like in Seven and The Dark Knight and Avengers. But, uh, I don't, I don't know what the fucking purpose was because Carrie didn't do anything except tell Commissioner Yindle that what Yindel thinks doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, it it seemed like an excuse to have the flashback of what turns out to be the lie of of Carrie Kelly at Bruce's side as he lays
1: dying. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's an affecting story that is at least 60% bullshit (laughs) or at least 10%, the final 10% of Bruce Wayne is dead. Right. But yeah, other than putting out the message Bruce Wayne is dead, which does not require Carrie to be brought into custody – (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, it seems like somebody could have like left that on the anonymous tip hotline, maybe. Or
1: yeah, if anybody can fake a death, it's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, because he did it at the end of Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> he could do it at the beginning. He does it all the time. <laughs> That's right. I mean, Bruce Wayne's been dead more than, than the Doctor, who's on his thirteenth face. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, unless the whole point of Carrie going into custody was to make Yindle doubt herself or make. People believe Bruce Wayne is dead like this is the best way to do it. I don't see the point of that whole thing beyond, hey, we get to see the Dark Knight Returns Batmobile again. I think
2: it was to establish her relationship to to Bruce. Um, There seems to be a theme in this book of children raised by
1: superheroes. There is, except we already know Carrie's relationship with Bruce. We know if, if there is a relationship in this book that we know better, I don't know what it is. No, I mean,
2: and, and we should, but say say you're Joe Blow who has not read the other books and, and Dark Knight 3 is your first foray into the Dark Knight universe.
1: <laughs> if that's the case, I pity you. I fucking pity I. I I'd yeah. Feel shame in, in that for case, you.
2: go go read the Dark Knight. Come back.
1: Yeah. Don't don't be that. am a bunch of a holes. Don't do that. <laughs> Man, that suit of Fed's killing you. <laughs> I, I press the button on the board. It's like I tasered Amanda. It was she jerked out of her seat <laughs> like I southern trespasser. <laughs>
2: Please don't southern trespass me.
1: I won't. I'm not that kind of. That's. I mean, the suit of Fed
2: is is very relaxing, but there no. So
1: just... clearly, it's not because. <laughs> My poor man saying a holes. It's like what, where, <laughs> Jesus? There's a voice in my head, <laughs> but it's not me. The point is, uh, go read Dark Knight Returns before you go into this. But anyway, you were saying. Well, no. So
2: all right. So it, it's like it's as though the writers felt they had to give all of the children sort of uh, their their own equal time in the book because there's also Lara in the mini with Wonder Woman. Uh, there's the child of who turns out to be the the bad guy living in Candor.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: And all right, spoilers obviously. Um, if somebody I don't know Brian Azzarello, I'm kind of looking at you. Uh, could maybe shake some shiny keys in front of Frank when he sa- decides he wants to go off the reservation and go down like the the hate filled Islamophobe road uh, because I can't read anything that he does now without it being colored through the lens of holy terror. And I'm sorry, you've got these religious zealots who apparently have been living in Candor that want to take over and, and come to Earth and, and feed off of our, our nice yellow sun. And um, you're in a desert with somebody wearing robes with multiple wives. How am I supposed to feel about that?
1: You know, I completely miss that. As soon as you mentioned it to me just before we started taping, it's like, oh yeah, Frank... Frank somebody dangles some
2: keys in front of him shiny look 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 yeah, Frank it, shiny
1: that really once you mentioned it it's like yeah okay Frank really is writing pieces of this you know I've read interviews where Frank's been saying oh no I'm just a Azarello's taking the no, no Frank's got a piece of it yeah so but yeah I I didn't pick up on that at all but it was clear as day once you pointed it out it's like shit yeah all right
2: which also you know brings us to another problematic piece with this story how many other versions of, oh, gee, we have Kryptonians on Earth that may not have our best interests at heart, that are, are getting powers from our yellow sun. However, will we defeat them? That was well, Superman 2. That's Supergirl now. Yeah, That's, <laughs> that
1: was Jeff John's and New Krypton back in 2010. It was Man of Steel two, three years ago. It's yeah. Batman versus Superman again in March. It's, yeah, it's, it's been over and over and over again. It is not a new story. Yeah. No, but, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, the, the minute I started seeing that, it's, like, oh, all right, we're going to do this, and I can kind of see where I think everything's going to go. There's certain things that almost have to happen in this, but part of the problem I had is we're sort of being set up to believe that one of the prime character conflicts in this, like, internal conflicts, is going to be whether or not Lara, Superman and Wonder Woman's daughter, is going to decide with Quar... Mm-hmm. the overlord the of the Kandorians yeah. uh or with Earth. Um, and
2: and and she's not, as they pointed out, got a lot of humanity going on. She's been raised by Amazons. So all of the things that uh made Superman less threatening because he he identified with humans. <laughs> I said it earlier today and it, it came out um possibly pejorative, but I didn't mean it that way. It's like it's like when you have a dog, and you're like, oh, look, he thinks he's people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Superman thinks he's people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> write that down. That's your potential title, but write it down in a minute. Finish your thought.
2: <laughs> so, so, so Lara doesn't have that going on because the Am- Amazons in, uh, Dark Knight World, as Miller envisions them, are not the ambassadors of peace that Marsden, uh, who who, uh, who originally created, uh, right. Wonder Woman, um, was viewed as, as being. Like, in in the rest of uh dc continuity <laughs> wonder woman is supposed to only use her strength if she has to but the idea is she brings peace and it's nurturing and loving and and this is not the world of the amazons in dark knight
1: yeah i mean it's on one hand one thing miller has always done is to examine the characters that he writes about in the dark knight books as to what they would mean if you took them literally. Uh, like in Dark Knight Returns, we were talking about this earlier. He examines Superman as shown through the lens of truth, justices, and the American way. But particularly the American way. And the American way in the mid-1980s, 15 years after Watergate, where the people who were in charge of We Are America were the people who would then do Iran-Contra. Mm-hmm. So examining Superman is if you are for the American way, this is the American way. And if that's the case, what would Superman be? And it led to a completely different viewing of Superman than we had seen at that point. Yeah. Now that kind of, that kind of thinking could continue... You know, If Superman identifies with his parents and Wonder Woman does the same, and they sort of intimate this in the mini-comic here. She was hidden as a child, Mm -hmm. which meant as a child she was a source of fear who had to define what she was about for herself. And Lara does the the same, but she does it as a complete outsider. What would that mean for that kind of character? The problem is I do not fucking care about Lara at all.
2: No, and it also comes across as any other teenager. Oh, I have (laughs) angst. Yeah. Oh, the world doesn't like me. Yeah. Like, oh, just go to Hot Topic and buy some nail polish and shut up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, that's a problem. I just don't care about Laura.
2: And it doesn't help that she's not likable because she's purposefully written to not be humanized. There's no, there's nothing in there to to like,
1: really. Yeah. I just, yeah. (laughs) And why should I have to give a shit about it? This book is called Dark Knight. Why am I caring about Lara? We've had 80 pages of story. I have fucking counted mm. with exactly one page with Batman. Yeah, I think Azarello and Miller are kind of mistaking what we're buying this book to see. Perhaps. Cause, I mean, the problem is we're, we're, we're going to, I can already predict it. We're going to see Batman being the main force to defeat the Kandorians, yep. Possibly with Superman helping along because there was a there's a hint in here where they they talked about world's finest, yep. So intimating that maybe they could get together, and because Superman is still a factor, he's frozen, he's not moving, he's he's
2: absented himself from society, and and that's the piece there's if if Lara truly does feel that she identifies with uh, Kryptonians more so than the Amazons, right. Uh, well, what does that mean then if her dad wakes up? Right.
1: But even then, it means that in a best case scenario, we're looking at Batman and Superman wiping out a bitchy teenager that I don't care about and I am not General Zod Quar. <laughs> I mean, that's really all he yeah. is. And can I just say about Ray Palmer and the Atom helping out the people in Candor? Dude, the guy you're helping out is named Ball. This is the DC universe. Your name is who you are, Ray. They call you the Atom because you can shrink to the size of an atom. There's a guy named Superman. If a guy is named after a demon, stop helping that guy. (laughs) He's not a guy you want to help.
2: Isn't Ball the the like a? Minotaur kind of god.
1: I I forget exactly, but he, he's he's a demon.
2: Yeah, I know. In in the wicked and the divine, there's a character who's called Ball, who I think is supposed to represent some sort of bull god.
1: <laughs> bull god like Kid
2: Rock? No, not that cool. Not that cool. <laughs> okay,
1: awesome. <laughs> but the one thing that there's a couple things also that bothered me in this when. Uh, When Ray brings out the first Kandorians, Hmm. and Quar and his people have just wiped out everybody else who was on the platform just before they knock out Kandor to make sure they're the only other Kryptonians around. Yep. How did they actually accomplish that? I mean, did they get their powers a little bit faster than everybody else? (laughs)
2: Uh, To quote Eric Idle in Monty Python, pointed sticks.
1: Yeah, okay, pointy, So whatever. Cause it's as good a reason as anybody else. And pointed sticks. Yeah, the other thing that bothered me about that is the whole thing with Quar having blood all over his hands. That's a can, I can live a long and fulfilling fucking life without seeing that piece of symbolism again. Shakespeare fucking did that. I don't sure. care who you are. Are you as good a writer as Shakespeare? Then don't do the fucking blood on the hands thing.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, who would have thought the old man had so much blood in him? <laughs>
1: I would have killed him himself. Out, out, damn spot. (laughs) You know, and I just keep thinking we're two books in, 80 pages of story. By this point in The Dark Knight Returns, Batman had come out of retirement. He'd defeated Two Face. He'd recruited a new Robin and rid the city of the mutants. By the end of this, we've finally seen Batman. This is a, it, it, it bothered, this, this issue felt like a lot of filler to me. It's like, okay, here's some shit that we need to get to the good shit. And it's it's paced for the trade or for two trades.
2: Possibly, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, looking over the splash page where the, the, the multiple deaths of Kandorians take place, it appears that they used their bare
1: hands. Which implies that they had powers and the other ones didn't, or they had trained themselves where the others hadn't.
2: Yeah. I Which mean, is, if you if you live... In a place where Superman is a thing, I guess you could study his
1: methods. I suppose, but <laughs> it just. It, it's one of those things. Hey, reasons! Okay. Mm-hmm. It happened for reasons. Yeah. But.
2: But it was. I'm reading this because I feel like I have to read it, not because it's good. Well. <sighs> and not just because we have a podcast, have to read it. I mean, like. <laughs>
1: It's, it's meant to be a major event. And it's, a, look, it's a sequel to one of the best comic books ever written. Yeah. I know there's a million arguments out there that the Dark Knight Returns doesn't hold up, that there are problematic things for particular groups, but it doesn't change what it was in 1986. There hadn't been anything like it ever. So it's, you're right. It's one of those things that, that it's and if it's supposed to continue in that tradition i think the only thing miller's written that has really conti- continued in that tradition is i've softened up on all-star batman and robin yeah because i think the characterization of everybody in that compared to what they were in dark knight or at least what they were referred to in dark knight it's like okay i get where this is coming from mm-hmm. and it was not big and cartoony and broad in the same way that uh dark knight strikes again was mm. In certain ways, it was, but it, I, I certainly would not say I am now a fan of All-Star Batman and Robin. But I get it more, and I'm I'm more willing to accept it.
2: Okay, that's valid.
1: But otherwise, uh, yeah, to say this is Dark Knight, <laughs> you got a long way to go to bring it back. It's like, no, you're spinning off, dude. Come back into orbit. <laughs> Come back into orbit. And don't let Frank fucking write it
2: anymore. Shiny, shiny, Frank, shiny. <laughs>
1: just jingle some keys. Ignore the islamah. <laughs> Who's behind the curtain? Get a
2: laser pointer. See if that distracts his attention.
1: Ugh.
2: Works for the cat.
1: So yeah, it's. I don't want to say it's terrible, but it's it's got some problems. It's just like, ugh. All right, can we get to the fucking point, please? Yes. All right.
2: So. In terms of um, also other events, we've got, I haven't read Teen Titans in months. Yeah. But yeah. I read this issue because it's a Robin War tie-in and I've been enjoying uh, the Robin War event.
1: Yeah. So, all right. Teen Titans 15. So, what I liked about it. Wait, 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 wait <laughs> Teen Titans 15, written by Scott Lobdell and Will Pfeiffer. Art by Ian Churchill and Miguel uh, Mendonca. Okay. Uh,
2: yeah. Um. Miguel Mendonca. Mendonca. Uh, what kind of parents would name their kid that? Mandanga. <laughs> that, like sort of weird thing off the
1: sea. Yeah, I'm. I'm not good at that. Anyway,
2: he he drew the Robin War pages. Um, the rest of it was Ian Churchill, who I think is the regular artist for uh, Teen Titans. Okay. So what I, what I liked about it was the stuff that actually had to do with Robin War.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which
2: wasn't a lot.
1: Do, do Do you know how much there was?
2: Not very much. Three pages. But yeah. So I I liked that.
1: Count them three pages um now let's go through those pages there was one page where i can't
2: i'm distracted by cassie's pendulous breasts
1: oh god that was that was the biggest thing i took from this is that wonder girl has saggy tits yeah (laughs) seriously there is a page of 90s style useless exposition that lobdell set at a swimming pool swimming pool uh filled with useless cheesecake art by Churchill that has Cassie in a bikini and it looks like she's wearing two slingshots full of cottage cheese.
2: It looks like she's she's breastfed like three children over some years and there's just nothing left there to hold them up.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a page that is it has nothing to do with anything. It's exposition, but it's the old Game of Thrones max mask the ex, exposition with titties, yeah. Except two slingshots full of fucking cottage cheese. It's just horrible. <laughs> This it was that that was the main thing I remembered about the issue. When you said you wanted to talk about it, it was oh man, that was, that one page. But uh, but yeah, I mean, as, as a uh, Robin War tie-in, yeah, there was one page where Red Robin and Red Hood argue about whether the Robins have the right to fight crime. Right. Then there was another page where a couple of Robins punch a cop, <laughs> so that Red Robin and Red Hood can argue about whether the Robins have the right to fight crime.
2: Well, the funny thing is, I think in in a way is. Robin War and Dark Knight Three are both exploring thematically the same issues that the the downtrodden have with police in their communities, but okay. Robin War is arguably doing it in a more effective manner.
1: Robin War has been pretty solid up until now, and I'll yeah. admit I've not gotten every single issue that says to tie in. This one I kind of did because you know even though we're it's. It's not a secret on this show we are not Scott Lobdell fans. No, but I tend to have a softer spot toward Teen Titans than say Red Hood and the Outlaws or right. Uh, but
2: well, I I was a huge Teen Titans fan as a kid, which is why I really haven't gotten into this incarnation because it's just not what
1: oh there's it's not for me. There's been no Teen Titans (laughs) since since the Marv Wolfman Teen Titans. Let's face reality, but you know it's all right. I, I give it a shot now and again, but. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to a Robin more tie-in, this is such a bait and switch. It, it really is. isn't. It doesn't advance the story at all. No, it puts a couple of Robins outside Gotham Academy. Now you, what happens? Uh, yeah, with some talons ready to beat on them in some other issue of some other comic yeah. book.
2: So in 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 terms of the actual rest of the thing that wasn't the three pages, right? We we've got. The Teen Titans um, going off and exploring some disturbance in the force. I mean, um, in <laughs> oh. Raven has a bad feeling about a thing, so they go to explore that bad feeling. <sighs> okay. Because emo Raven is emo, right? And she's they they end up outside of a theater where there's something called Class of Rock the musical, which I guess we're supposed to. Oh, it's like it was, Glee
1: or something. It was Lobdell sort of saying, "Isn't High School Musical stupid?" Yeah, it is. It's also not been around for five
2: years. Well, the the funny part for me was where they they make the, they have this sort of throwaway line about how uh it says so. This is one of those musicals that features a bunch of happy, clean cut, fresh faced kids singing singing sanitized pop hits. Personally, I've never seen the appeal. The entire art direction of of Teen Titans since <laughs> they brought it back f- uh, for new 52 has been, you know, Teen Titans 90210 yeah. between, <laughs> um, can, is it, was it Kenneth Throckford Ford uh, Fort or no, Brett Booth, Brett Booth, yeah. um <laughs> the cheesecake art, like everybody is pretty. Everybody looks like they're, they're, they're ready to like, you know, they they've cast teenagers with their you know 25 year olds
1: <laughs> slingshots full of cottage cheese
2: oh my god that's just so not well drawn it, <laughs> and i'm like looking at that like, it's you could take like they talk about um you know bad plastic surgery i watched botched i'll i'll, I'll, I'll cop to this <laughs> jesus you could take like two fists and and just put them in there like, they're not supposed to hang like that
0: shots <laughs> Examples.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just that that's just not right <laughs> it's It's like they're trying to escape and not in that like wardrobe malfunction kind of way it's it's like they're trying to slide off her body like, <laughs> like the 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 implant got loose from the the pectoral muscle
1: <laughs> Jesus
2: and is making a break for it <laughs> it's uh... running for
1: the border. It's not a good page. Not a good page.
2: Um, and and so at the end of it, we see that the the big bad behind the big bad in the story is Brother Blood. So again, I'm like, okay, so I haven't read Teen Titans in several months. Nothing has changed.
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> look, it's yet another Teen Titans Brother Blood issue with the use of metahuman blood as a mutating agent that could have come from anything. Any number of Scott Lobdell '90s X-Men titles. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's there's it's nothing. A there's nothing new here, and it's a wretched bait and switch for people who are trying to follow Robin War. Yeah.
2: So, so uh, if you if you're enjoying Teen Titans, you probably will continue to enjoy Teen Titans. But if you were looking for an excuse to try to get back into the book, no, nothing new to
1: see here. Move on. Yeah, that's that's not the right one. Yeah. All but, right. I still enjoy Robin War. <laughs> so do I. I think it's been a pretty solid crossover. But again, I've not gotten every piece of it. This is me. Yeah, This week was me. Attending. Oh, yeah, okay, this says Robin War. Let me grab it. And I probably yeah. missed one or two other ones that are absolutely part of it. Yep. But what can I say? On Saturday, I hit the comic store a few days late, coming back from Florida. It's all right. Fell asleep watching Doctor Who. It was a big day. It was a big day. Big day. You
2: had such an an adventure-filled day. Shut up. <laughs>
1: don't patronize me <laughs> god damn it
2: I'm not patronizing you the pseudofed is patronizing All right.
1: you <laughs> alright alright last issue
2: yes Star Wars Darth Vader yep. number Darth, 14
1: Darth Vader 14 written by Kieran Gillen art by uh, Salvador La Roca. alright here's my Kieran Gillen impression and frankly I, I got the idea from you uh, don't blame me but yeah here's my impression uh, everyone's got an evil twin that's a Star Trek thing right Star everyone's
2: <laughs> evil doppelganger
1: yeah uh, this is Nothing but evil doppelgangers. All right, here's Including
2: our, Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar gets an evil doppelganger.
1: Yeah. What it's, the fuck? <laughs> all right. Now before we talk about the specific issue, let me take a step back and talk about Vader Down. Okay. Um The cool thing about Vader Down has been that it's been the Darth Vader that we've all invented in our heads yes. since we were kids. Yeah, you know, we've got through this entire Vader knocking down uh X-Wings with the Force. Taking out multiple multiple platoons single-handedly, he's, he's basically taking on almost the entire Rebel Alliance single-handedly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's that big a badass. But if you go back and look at the movies, he's really not. I mean, particularly the the first one, because mm. I've seen the first, I've seen the Force Awakens three times in the last two weeks. I've seen Star Wars a new fucking it, it's Star Wars. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what Lucas says, it's Star Wars uh, twice. You know, you look at that movie, he's Grand Moff Tarkin's monkey boy. The other officers on the Death Star, they basically call him a weird dope with a stupid religion, <laughs> you know, until he chokes one person out. Yeah. But it's like that's the height of his powers. He can choke somebody. And even then, he's like, oh, my collar's a little tight. I don't like this. Uh, the only way he beats Obi-Wan is that when Obi-Wan literally gives up and closes his eyes. Yep. He gets sucker blasted by fucking Han Solo. <laughs> it's Han Solo who came out of the sun. You should have seen the shadow coming. Fuck the force. Look for the shadow. But you don't see the, a, Darth Vader's a badass, but he's, you know, he's not the, Oh, I can destroy everything we've all invented in our heads, but he is in this. And that's what makes it cool. Yeah. And this is the first issue of Vader down that even has fallen down on that front. Yeah. You know, we only see Vader I think I counted, I think it's five pages out of his own book. (laughs) But and the one the one thing we see happen is he gets tricked by Leia using the force completely unwittingly, and that's kinda it. So there's not a lot of Vader badassery here. Yeah. What there is is and again you pointed it out to me, it's the evil fucking doppelganger issue. We've got BT for R2, we got Triple Zero for C three PO, Afro for Han Solo, Kur Santan, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I think you have to get more of a <laughs> kirk sound in there. Hurk Santan <laughs> for Chewie, and now we've got Commander Carbon for fucking Admiral Ackbar. Yeah, and I'm I'm surprised that not one of them has a goatee. You should go full Star <laughs> Trek. Well, at and least give... a
2: mustache, like a twirly mustache.
1: Yeah, give give triple zero a nice goatee <laughs> for a droid. Yeah,
2: because cause the evil Wookiee has braids or something. Or...
1: But yeah. it's—I've enjoyed what Gillen's been doing through Darth Vader since he started you know, eight nine months ago at this point. But yeah, you really hit the nail on the head. Basically, what he's been doing is saying, "Okay, let me come up with an evil version of this character," and now he's done it like five times.
2: Yeah. And oh, and yeah. Well, bonus. Um, three PO loses his arms again.
1: Well, it's a day. It's a day. <laughs> oh dear! This is undignified. This will be how I get my red arm. <laughs> no! 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 <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's it's not bad. This is another one that feels like more filler. filler. We we need to get people into certain places, uh, for things to come up. And ooh, there'll be an awesome shelling of Vader maybe in the next issue. But even that's sort of now up in the air with
2: yeah. Well, because you know, it's they're they're going to save the princess. Yeah,
1: with the invasion of Commander Carbon taking down half of the shelling fleet for Vader. It's, it, it's not bad, but it's, it's moving people into particular places. Yeah. Visually, it looks really good. You know, LaRocca gets all the actors' likenesses down. It's pretty solid storytelling. The one place I had problems with is the aftermath of Herc Santon, <laughs> uh, hitting the Falcon. Cause I don't really have any idea of the scope of the damage to the Falcon. There's a panel with something venting from one of the two ships. And one panel, the cockpit's intact, but in the next panel, there's a big hole in it where Han's talking to Herc Santon. So it's a, there's one page where it's like I don't really know what's going on, but otherwise it's it's a good looking book and it's you know simple to follow, good storytelling.
2: It looks like he threw one of these grenades at them and that's what blew it up.
1: Yeah, see, it was hard for me to to pick up what what happened there.
2: Yeah, hard it is because you don't see any impact. You just see it says whatever that means.
1: Yeah. So
2: to me, that means um, I was parked too close to the side of the garage when I pulled out. Yeah.
1: That's uh, so why I got to clean out the garage at some yeah. point. But but yeah, I mean, overall, this is uh, this is the first filler-feeling kind of book from the Vader down.
2: Crossover. But you know, at 14 issues in, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's 14 issues where, I think you're right, I think he finally showed his hand. I'm going to do Evil X. Yeah. And okay, now, now I'm tipped to it, and it's really worked up until now, but yeah, he's been doing it over and over and over again, and now that I'm tipped to it, if, if he does it again, I'm going to have a problem.
2: Well, these are the characters that we're working with. So at at this point, we have all of our evil evil doppelgangers and, and their counterparts. So they need to resolve this and move on from the evil doppelgangers soon, or we're probably faced with another three to four issues yeah
1: and you know what i i give gillen credit you know evil versions of main characters that's old school comic storytelling that goes yeah. back to golden age oh absolutely and i don't think anybody's ever really done it. it you know granted there's years and years and years of dark horse star wars books that mm. i just let go by the wayside the expanded universe stuff you know really after the the first three novels the uh heir to the empire mm. i i sort of Drifted on. I got up to Dark Empire by Dark Horse, and then there was just so much of it that I didn't bother to keep track. <laughs> but yeah, the, just the the simple comic book idea of, all right, let's come up with an opposite. You know, in, in its own way, okay, that's brilliant and simple, and it's been working. But now that I'm tipped to it, all right, stop it. Yeah. Well, once you get to Evil Admiral Akbar, you're, you're <laughs> at the the wells dry. The well is dry.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Akbar always had that sort of buddy. No, it wasn't that. Ab- yeah, the, the 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 pouchy face,
1: evil nine nub. Yeah. You, evil <laughs> nine nub. Yeah, but but actually, put a goatee on him. Just finally say, all right, I'm done. I'm done.
2: Like evil Ewoks. Like what? What's next?
1: <laughs> and they go buh buh. <laughs> yub, yub. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not a bad book. But this is the first one where it, yeah, it's and, all right. You're moving things into place for the climax. That's fine, but.
2: Let's get to it
1: so we can move on from the doppelgangers. Yeah, let's get back to it, because the first three issues of this were, Vader's fucking him up, and it's kind of awesome.
2: Yeah, let's get back to Vader being badass. It's his book, for fuck's
1: sake. Exactly. All right, we got anything else?
2: Uh, That's, I think, everything.
1: All right. So, how are we doing on time? Oh, yeah, an hour 40. Hey. All right, so why don't we wrap it up? Okay. All right, so... First of all, I apologize again. About uh, two-thirds of the way through the show, the furnace started firing up again. Uh, Eventually, I will get that fixed. I'll do my best to filter it out. I apologize. New home office, new studio. Still working out the kinks. But (laughs) Other than that, I don't know where you found this show, but either way, you can always find us through our home website, CrisisOnInfiniteMidlives.com. We are on Facebook. You can find us there at facebook.com slash CrisisOnInfiniteMidlives. We are on Twitter. Our handle is at InfiniteMidlife. We are on... Tumblr, mm-hmm. uh, crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. You can always find the show on iTunes. And if that is your normal and chosen way of consuming podcast media, do if us that's a favor. If that's your jam. If that's your jam, boy. Ugh. Yeah, sorry about that. I feel terrible. I but, feel bad. Uh, if that is how you get podcasts, do us a favor and uh, give us a review, shoot us a rating. Please forget I just did that boy thing before <laughs> you do it. Because uh, it does help people find the show. Uh, we are on TuneIn Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Did I miss anything? I think you got everything. All right, then that is it. This has been episode 96 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp.
2: I did have an est- Etch-A-Sketch. I-, I got an Etch-A-Sketch
1: as you a kid. You just take another pill. I'll get you an Etch-A-Sketch. I a sketch. Give me one of those pills. Okay. Give me those pills. <laughs> Give them to me. No. Do it. No.